And thanks for listening to River Heights Radio. For all you new droobies out there, I'm Carl Hauser. And I'm Hope Busby. And we're here to talk about our detective that... Ladder climbing. House searching. Feud ending. Uncanny mind reader. Yeah, it's Nancy Drew, and she's got some leftovers for us. So we're just gonna sum up the plot real quick because there's not much to it. Nancy has been hired by Bess and George's distant relative to go to his inn called the Sign of the Twisted Candle Inn. It's just called the Sign of the Twisted Candle. I don't think they say inn. (laughs) You're right. She discovers the man has been made prisoner in the tower. In the tallest tower on the third floor. She brings him a meal for his 100th birthday. And let's take a pause here, as we always do on River Heights Radio, to give a happy birthday to our centurion of the book. Asa Sidney has turned 100, and he attributes it to either eating meat or never eating meat. So she befriends this man and an orphan as usual. Then her father is hired to make his will. And then there's a will and somebody inherits money and there's thieves the whole time. So first mystery of the book, is an old man trapped in a tower? Yes, he is. Mystery solved. Second mystery of the book, can we find (laughs) the old man's stuff hidden in the house? Yes, we can. Mystery solved. Third mystery of the book, what's in his will? We're going to find out because he dies right away. So now we're halfway through the book. Fourth mystery of the book. Can we stop this house from slowly being burgled over the entire course of the book <laughs> like we're at a picnic and ants are coming from everywhere? It's This is just Nancy and other incompetent people running around saying, please don't take that. Please don't take that. That doesn't belong to you. And then finally being knocked out. It's, Would you say that's accurate? That, this is entirely true. And that's about all you need to know about the plot. There's one big turn in this plot that is going to affect me for all future books. And that is the turn of Bess and George on Nancy. They do. They turn against her. I'm not going to forgive them. Yeah. She, and she's, she, did she even said, I'm disappointed in them, I, which is pretty harsh. Listen, I thought they were ride or die, but they are fair weather friends. In the original novel, Nancy Drew starts the feud. What? And is also the one who ends it. So I guess it makes a little more sense that they're mad at her, but I still don't get it. It seems pretty out of character. And then the way their feud ends is they just meet in an elevator and she's like, let's not. And they're like, yeah, I want to be your friend. Our dad said that he could beat up your dad. (laughs) Never mind. About the extent of it. They must have told Walter that was no good not making fun of Bess's eating constantly (laughs) because Bess is back in... Bess and George aren't described in the intro of this book. Is she pretty? Is she plump? I have no idea. We don't know if she's overweight anymore, but she certainly likes food. Yeah. One of my favorite things is this whole time that Nancy is up bringing the first initial meal to the 100-year-old man. Bass is sitting there with her cinnamon toast in like a glass dome, looking at it longingly. She's just like licking the outside of the dome, just like, Nancy! She describes it as teasing her. (laughs) And and the other small jab is they're all drinking fruit punch, but Bess is staring longingly at the maraschino cherry in the bottom of her cup. She can't get to come out. Someone drowned all this food. 
which is an experience I can relate to. <laughs> You're at a nice party, you can't eat the ice, or maybe it's stuck to the cup. It's hard. We get to see a lot of Carson Drew doing legal work, what he calls cut and dry <laughs> legal work. This is this is the stuff Carson Drew gets into, you know? Mm-hmm. There's an old man, he's got a will, I'm gonna get paid. So he tells Nancy she might not want to come because it's cut and dry legal work, but he needs her two times. He needs her to remove Mrs. Jemmett from the stairs mm-hmm. so he can get through mm-hmm. because he would never touch a he woman. He wouldn't touch a woman, but I... <laughs> but Nancy but I've sure got a will. daughter who will. And he needs her to race over to retrieve the banker to oversee them signing the will. Nancy Drew is like racing back with this man and he's pretty much like, oh God, teenage drivers. He asks if he's been kidnapped at one point. Yes, it's he's a like, joke. <laughs> like two thirds of the way there, he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> did was I, this dumb? Was it, did I fall for this trap? Again? Mr. Drew does call call them Drew and Drew Incorporated. That's right. And I'll tell you, while a male heir could have driven that banker back, Mm. it was wise of him to have a girl so that he could beat up girls. (laughs) I think she brings a lot to the table. She also is infuriated that somebody questions her dad's code of justice. Justice and professionalism. Asa Sidney says to Carson Drew, you are proud of her, aren't you? Because she outwitted Mr. Jemmett, who is three times her age. Speaking of Mr. (laughs) Jemmett, being three times her age apparently he doesn't think that's too old (laughs) we'll we'll get to that so we did a bit of a scavenger hunt with this one because there was every single novel covered in this novel walter keurig has reheated us some leftovers and served us a buffet of things we've had before we'd like to take you through this little rehash and give you a taste of all the things you might have heard of once before. Shall we start with the first book, Hope? Yes, let's start with The Secret of the Old Clock. There's an obvious parallel here with the will of an old man. Nancy goes so far as to say when she meets Asa Sidney, oh, how very odd. He's obsessed with twisted candles. This is a man whose walls are covered in candles. Yes. Which he has his secret great-great-niece light for him every evening evening in a blaze of fire unsafety. Which isn't what kills him. He's a man who can barely stand up. At one point, Nancy's worried for his health and vitality because he spoke too loudly. He's not putting those candles out every night, Hope. Who's doing that? The ghost of his wife, apparently. All the wax dripping into the middle of the candle due to his fantastic invention, which I don't think actually exists. I I think you're probably right about that. Two eccentrics. One Sydney, one Cromwell. What if Nancy had found him just a little bit sooner? Both have wills and both have families that contend that those wills are not accurate. And both have been kept away from the family that loves them by the family that cares for them. Kind of. Mistreat them, certainly, for right. their money. The Gemmets are the Toppums of this book. Thieving Toppums. Toppums are being robbed. The Gemmets are robbing. Related to the will, you get the bank involved. We have the banker and we have the safe deposit box. Excuse me, sir. My dad needs you. Plus, I found this. Can you just lock it somewhere for me? Like the secret of the old clock, Nancy steals stolen goods. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> and the banker, Raymond, he gives her a receipt for it. And I have to wonder what's written on that receipt they don't open it no one box of something property nancy (laughs) drew okay so we'll move on to the hidden staircase there's the obvious parallel of searching all over an old house 
for hidden architecture. Architecture. And let me tell you, as the man who's most interested in architecture, I was very pleased to find <laughs> what was in this particular house. Do you know what I'm talking about? A hidden staircase. It's barely hidden. Which, like, yeah, which, like some curtains. Literally, <laughs> three stairs are missing, so they've got wooden planks laid across them. Good it's call. more of a Good hidden call. death trap. At one point, Nancy talks in code. She's talking to Carol, and Carol's uh, laying down some secrets, and suddenly Nancy says, Oh, quite true. We had a wren in our house as well, but the trees were beautiful <laughs> for all the flowers. Oh, hello, Frank. Ah, a normal conversation, I see. Related to birds, Nancy pulls a, a Helen move and looks up the chimney at the advice of Hannah. It, listen, chimneys and guns. Don't look up them while you're cleaning them. <laughs> no. Right? Yeah. Don't look directly inside. So she just looks inside, pulls the lever, and gets a face full of soot and bats. <laughs> Bonus bats. And she doesn't have anyone to help her go wash and shampoo. No, she has to do it herself. Yeah. Like a servant. <laughs> I like when she saw the face in the window. Yeah. Uh, that was a great moment. She's talking with her dad and we get a good cliffhanger. A face in the window. Next chapter. It's It's Frank. <laughs> It's yeah, Frank Jemmett. And, and then they just, like, ignore it. Yeah. And they just turn on their air conditioning, I guess, is the solution. I gotta say, I was disappointed because Nancy, of all people, should know. That could be a Frank Jemmett mask. A picture <laughs> of Frank Jemmett. <laughs> exactly. It could be anything. Exactly. <laughs> My favorite hidden staircase repeat mm. was getting the police to break in for you. Yes. <laughs> this is so weird because they arrive at this place and Nancy and her dad are sitting outside going, gosh, I wish I had a warrant or whatever they have to say to explain why they're not just going in yeah and then luckily a policeman drives up just doing his rounds and they say we've got a mystery and it's in that house and he's like oh well i'm the law so i'm somehow less culpable for my actions i'll go ahead and break in but the police officer's name oh, was hatch and he did break literally break in a window literally broke into this house yeah 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 and i don't know if you noticed this but in a striking parallel to real life a police broke into a home where he had no business being and immediately killed the first pet he saw. Oh no! The yeah. snake! I didn't know he killed the snake. She opens a box, which is not hers, in a home, which is not hers, sees a snake, which is not hers, she screams, and her dad and the policeman just beat it to death. Oh no. Like, it's a snake, it shouldn't be alive or something. But they describe it as a large copper snake. Now, I don't know if anyone out there cares for reptiles, but like, that could be a, that could very well be a pet. Jesus. That freaked me out more than anything else in the book. Just yeah. two men beating a snake to death. Later they found out he put it in the box to scare off any burglars, but like... So interestingly, I think the bungalow mystery had maybe the most number of parallels. Mm -hmm. An orphan who's an heiress. Yep, classic Olaf. With horrible foster parents. The origins of their fostering her were so unclear to me. I get that Asa Sidney owned an orphanage. I get that he wanted her to live in the orphanage. I even get why he said once they offered to foster her, if you're going to do so, move in with me. Because he wanted to be near this, this little girl who's his great, great grandniece. But why did they offer? When did that happen? At what point were they like, <laughs> we'll take an orphan from his orphanage and we'll, oh shoot, what's our plan? Come live with me. Oh yes, that's it. I felt like he more handpicked them because they were people who did act as caretakers at different places. So he thought if he hired them, but then encouraged them to foster her, it, it was very confusing, but that was my understanding. Also, there was this idea that they had actually been quite good for a long time. He even left them some money saying, 
saying, for a few years, you were really great. They wanted to foster a child. Mm-hmm. He said, then come move here and take care, be caretakers. They were like, we're not servants. He's like, well, then run a tea room, run a restaurant. And they were willing to. And then gradually, as if they had the ring of Mordor tied around their necks, <laughs> they became evil due to their proximity to riches, I guess? Probably, yep. And let me tell you why. Electricity. <laughs> Saved by all the candles around him, Asa Sydney remained good, but those of us spoiled by the twisted bulbs of electricity become evil. I mean, how well is this business doing? If they're feeling the expense of raising a kid. Well, they get paid. I mean, it's a foster kid, so I'm assuming they're paid for Carol. Big money there. Did you oh, see Little yeah. Orphan Annie? The point is, uh, yeah, this is a tea room serving, as far as I understood it, nothing but birthday cake and cinnamon toast. So little Cinderella Carol. <laughs> yeah. Carol Whipple. Yeah. She's a little different than Laura Pendleton in many ways. Yeah. Even though she is also an heiress, she was not raised wealthy. Mm-hmm. She was and she wasn't because her uncle does in fact sort of raise her and she's always in a nice mansion, but her foster parents are not wealthy and she's definitely helping them run that business. I mean, yeah, you nailed it with Cinderella. I think that's why we see Carol Whipple is whipped yeah. as opposed to Laura who was this consummate badass. Laura's like, I've got money. I'm going to row a boat into a lake ocean. And Carol's like, I've never had money. Care for me i'm a dove and it's and in that sense she's a little more like joanne she's had the country life she's been i forgot about sheltered i forgot about joanne because she had the personality of like a strong breeze so yeah fair enough joanne right it's interesting that you said whipped though because carol is threatened with whipping mrs Jemmett gets one good on her Yes. She gets whipped. Uh, what I was going to say is in the original, it was clear that that was not the first lash that Mrs. Jemmett had gotten in. You see it more graphically. They decided that was too direct sure. for modern readers. The Jemmets were casual enough with their abuse that it didn't feel like they were just dipping their toes in. Because of the unique way that Carol Whipple was raised versus Laura Pendleton, you have this interesting parallel where Walter Carrick's says, no, Carol is not household chore adverse. She's more like Hannah. She has to be working. She doesn't feel comfortable if she's not working. The original bungalow mystery is what he was following in the footsteps of where there's this whole section about Laura Pendleton being so put upon for having to work. That contrast is meaningful in that context. Similarly, you see a second home on the land. Not much to say about that. But once again, he would have seen a bungalow on the land. Right. And they just basically have like a tenant house. Was it a tenant house? Like a barn? I couldn't figure out. It was a tenant farmhouse is what they called it. Ah. Which also does remind me of Redgate Farm and the like cave place that people are renting on the same land. Except the tenant farmhouse has mysterious riches buried behind every floorboard and wall. Yes. Like you can't knock over a table in this place without gold spilling out. We already talked about how the robbers cleaned. Not to skip over. It, but Dang, did those Jemmets really want to steal a lot of stuff? They really did. They, they and they managed to do a lot with a lot of guards. Incompetence in the private security sector is all I can say. Yeah. First way, a forged note was given to one of the guards saying, Hey, I'm Mr. Carson Drew and you don't have to work anymore. Cool. Who gave him that note? Who did he believe would give him that note? I don't know, but it worked. Second way, they just used the back. He was in the front. Third way, chloroform. Fourth way, knocked over the head. 
This man, I hope he's getting hazard pay. You get involved with forged letters, which we've had from Carson Drew before. Right. You get involved with guards, which we've seen before. And you get involved with people getting knocked out, which of course is a staple of Nancy Drew novels. <laughs> Another thing that you see emerge in the bungalow mystery is the wall safe. Mm-hmm. This time, it's not behind a painting. It's Whatever it was, they had to cut it open to get to the wall safe. So my mind was just like, wallpaper. And this is Ned and Nancy doing this. Mm-hmm. Ned, who gets mistaken for a police officer. Plain clothes police Much officer. to their amusement. Yeah. A big parallel is in the bungalow mystery, she not only breaks into a window, but to also to get into the house, she climbs a trellis and climbs in a window. In this, she climbs a ladder in the final scene, in the mm. final showdown, and Mr. Jemmet almost pushes her to her death. Yeah, or what you call it if you don't die? being made stronger. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Her death or injury. Injury! I think that there's definitely a threat of death there. This is as close as you get to her (laughs) being left to starve. Which is... Yeah, exactly. I like that the wall safe that they uncovered was a fairly wall unsafe, seeing as it hadn't been locked. Yeah, it was was guarded only by cloth. By (laughs) wallpaper, I guess. And I like that the treasure is just a bunch of jewel-encrusted swords. Swords? Bearer bonds? No, kids will hate that. Jewels? Uh, It has to be for the boys, too. Jeweled guns? No, jeweled swords! There's a music box found, mm-hmm. a diamond bracelets found by Carol, mm-hmm. a bunch of jewels, and old coins. In the original, it was $3,000 and gold. Mm-hmm. But, you know, gotta update it. Mm. Like, under this floorboard, it's a, oh my god, a PS5. <laughs> In the safe, it's a, a whole stack of iPhones. And I love the silliness of every time she finds something, she has to put it back and try to hide it as well as it had She never has it. a better hiding place. No. There's like no, a like, squirrel looking for nuts for the winter. Even though they know Mr. Jemmet is still trying to steal everything from this house, they just yeah. keep putting things back. And it's not like she can lock the safe once she's found it. I mean, mm. she has to be careful not to, I'd say. Mr. Jemmet does everything that they could have called him on or find him for, but they just keep letting him go. It's And it's hilarious because <laughs> he's just walking and he's like, oh, I got some silverware. For every time they catch him walking off with a golden chair or the faucets, There has to be three times when he just got some of this nice stuff into his car. And this is where I'm talking about the ants. As they try to whack-a-mole, the whole place is being picked clean. And she should have been talking in code this time, because they kept listening in on her conversations. She found Mrs. Jemmet behind a door. One of George's relatives ended up pushing Mr. Jemmet down the stairs accidentally. Boy, those Jemmets seem to drop a lot of things right outside of doors. Have you noticed that? Okay, so then the lilac in obvious parallel we're back at a hotel as we get into the further books there are fewer parallels and less like significant but they're definitely there yeah they do visit a cottage along the muskoka river muskoka the towns surrounding river heights are beginning to get a bit confusing we always have the one river i'm just surprised they didn't just say that the cottage was down the street from the lilac inn so she stopped at the lilac inn and they gave her directions that cottage also was kind of unnecessary. In the original, Mr. Jemmet actually ended up stealing Nancy's car. Not the roadster. <laughs> in Lilac Inn, there is a flimsy attempt to frame Nancy for having stolen some diamonds. Yeah. Which, of course, she didn't do. That's ridiculous. Well. Nancy wouldn't steal diamonds. I don't know. It looked like 
it was Nancy to me. <laughs> in this one, in the original, Nancy was framed for murder. <laughs> Who's? Asa Sydney's. So this is treading very close to Knives Out at this point. Yes, you saw a few parallels there. Yeah. Which you apparently don't want to talk no, about. No, 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 no. I, I got distracted. <laughs> Let's try that again. The sixth Nancy Drew, Nancy Drew and the Southern detective in Knives Out is one that he borrowed heavily from. I saw some serious parallels between this book and Knives Out. I don't know if you've seen it, Hope. I want to say it came out after this book. But you've got this whole family going for this fortune that goes to one other person. And at least in Knives Out, the lawyer's like, you can't do anything. It's a will. What do you want? And Carson Drew's like, we've got to figure out why he did this. Or the family will lawyer at us. Which, I mean, we'll get to when they finally do find out that she's family. They're like, oh, well, then you're not legally poor by blood. So it's fine. Feud over then. We didn't know you were one of the two of us. It's funny because you do know that I saw Knives Out because you went with me to see it in the theater. As characters, Hope, we live in a gymnasium. And as people, we are allowed in theaters. Get, I'm sorry, it gets confusing for me. <laughs> okay, so Shadow Ranch. There's very little here, but there's digging in the dirt. Buried treasure. There is hidden treasure, and especially in the original with it being gold in the wall versus coins, mm-hmm. there was a little more parallel. And then, of course, we have the snake, which you have already... In Redgate Farm, uh, there's the obvious parallel of being a retirement inn. In the way a bird sanctuary is like a canary... <laughs> <laughs> like, one is like, yeah, we, we are old and we live here. And the other is, go to your room. Go to your room, sir. <laughs> I also, wasn't the bad guy in Red Gate Farm called Frank too? I mean, it's a common name. It's a, well, and it's a common name of bad men. <laughs> Obviously. In Red Gate Farm, Nancy meets a villain who is doing interviews. Meets him with her friend. Oh, that's and right. while her friend is standing there, the villain offers her a job based on the fact that she is beautiful. Right, which is so funny because the ad said, looking for farm girls. Yes. <laughs> like, You're almost beautiful enough to do this job. And the job is being a criminal. Yes. <laughs> Nothing specific. Old men leering at Nancy Drew makes a comeback. Not that she isn't always leered at. But this is more pointed. You see Mr. Jemmet come to Nancy, rubbing his grubby little paws together. Oh, I didn't know the doctor's daughter was so beautiful. Because she said, you know, my dad's upstairs with Asa. She said, oh, the doctor's daughter. (laughs) And then she says, oh, I'm not the doctor's daughter. My father is a lawyer. You can almost hear the blood rush back to his brain. Oh, but what? (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) Hey, can I get your number? And then she's like, you're in legal trouble. Uh, this is just a stupid aside, but in the original, they were Mr. and Mrs. Semit instead of Jemmet, and I have no idea why it was changed. We're going to find enough racism about that to make a mini episode, I no doubt. I don't think so. I, I couldn't find anything about it, but anyways. <laughs> I can just see Harriet Stratemeyer sitting there going, my S key is broken. What can I do? I won't use any S's. Ah, but the Semits. <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> So then Clue in the Diary. Written by himself, so not plagiarism this time. There's withheld mail because they haven't been giving Asa his mail. That's true. There is 
Nancy buying a meal for everyone, feeding yep. everyone, and entertaining everyone. Mm-hmm. Best George and Nancy each told a humorous story that delighted Asa. Speaking of Nancy buying for things for people, the Redgate Farm shopping spree connection. Oh, yeah, we missed that one, yeah. Right? I just have to say I love that Nancy's just kind enough with her money to say, I'll take you shopping. Don't worry, you can pay me back. Yes. Oh, do you think mm-hmm. that Nancy has an allowance she's not allowed to exceed? And if so, do you think that buying your friends expensive shopping trips and then getting them to pay you back even though you spent your father's money would be a good way for Nancy to get a good nest egg going so someday she can move out of her father's house and become just Drew Incorporated? I think it might be. It's possible. Best says to Nancy, Nancy, you old dear, <laughs> you're always putting yourself out to be kind to others. And she says this when she's getting the meal for Ace of Sydney and all of them. I say that to people who buy me food too. I'll say anything. Yeah, I didn't put together that that's best saying that. <laughs> but I feel like hey. once again, is this charity. It's not like she went out of her way in any way to say, hey, yeah, my dad will pay for this. She's legally wealthy by blood, so yes, it's very kind of her. My favorite parallel between Clue in the Diary and Twisted Candles is that Nancy gets physically assaulted <laughs> by a frantic wife. Yeah, it's a good it's a good parallel. Yes. <laughs> well, frantic wives have a problem with Nancy Drew. I do kind of love this badass Nancy who protects Carol at mm. all costs, is unfazed by anything. So Mrs. Jemmet pops out of nowhere has been eavesdropping again on Nancy and Carol's uh, conversation. And she pops out of nowhere to reveal how abusive she is huh. to Carol, calling her a nasty little tattletale, an impudent rat. She also calls Nancy a simple-minded girl. Doesn't she know that Carson <laughs> Drew's secret boast is that he raised her to be intelligent? <laughs> I guess it's a secret, so. But she's basically throwing this whole hissy fit, and Nancy leveled her calm blue eyes on the irate woman. Oh, she came over the room. Yeah, she pauses for like a second before she calls Nancy a simple-minded girl. A simple-minded girl named uh, <laughs> Nancy Drew. <laughs> A simple-minded girl who's the daughter of Carson Drew? Thank God that Mrs. Jemmet reads the newspaper. I've heard of you in the newspaper. (laughs) Both of you, him for his big shottedness and you for swimming mostly. This one time I heard you found a clock. Mrs. Jemmet comes in with a hairbrush. Oh no. Starts beating Carol. The hairbrush. With the hairbrush. Nancy, hero that she is, yells, stop! And jumps between Carol and Mrs. Jemmet. And Mrs. Jemmet is like, how dare? You are a youngster too. And hits Nancy. And that's when Nancy reveals that her father's a lawyer. That's true. I forgot there was a literal assault first. Yeah, she she's like, I could get you arrested for just that. And she's like, who do you think you are? Um, it- someone from the newspaper. Nancy's literally like, it does not matter who I am. That was assault. Pretty badass. It is badass. In retrospect, Maybe they would have had an easier time if she just had her arrested. There were so many things. If they had had them arrested for stealing the initial chest that they could prove that he's mm-hmm. stolen. If when she caught him trying to break into the room that they had made it clear. No mm-hmm. uncertain terms. You are not to go in there. It's a federal crime. Right. They taped it up and they put like some kind of safety lock on it. And she catches him trying to 
break the code. Yeah, we could have avoided the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen. Carol calling him Father Gemmet. Carol, come on now. That's, ugh. Carol has not been treated well by these individuals, clearly. Physical abuse here, she's certainly been worked very hard. I want to take a Nancy Drew book as lightly as I can. Sometimes that includes identifying and facing the very real racism and biases of the author. But when they purposely include in their book a girl like Carol Whipple, who has very literally been abused since she was young, likely has enough trauma to work through it well into her 30s, we hit her. We whip her. We don't always feed her. She had to drop out of school. Had to be put into the will by Asa. I don't want them to be the parents anymore. This needs to go under review. And then they still are trying to claim they're her parents. Carson Drew isn't having any of it. Unlike Laurel Pendleton, it's completely legal for her to come live with them. We have that one moment where they run away and Nancy's like, oh, they probably stole some stuff. And is like, at very least they should be arrested for abandoning this foster child. Hannah, we don't want them to come back for that. No. And Carson Drew calls the orphanage. To get permission to keep Carol at their house and then also to get permission to give up possession of Carol to the two no longer feuding families. In the revised text, in the original, she just buys the mansion, sets up on her own, and makes it available to both families. She has to be old enough. It's never talked about how old she is. Right. We have no idea, except that she's probably close in age to Nancy. Not only does Hannah say that nonsense, then Carol's like, you really think they could have stolen more? To which Nancy's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to find those people, quote unquote. All I know is that Carol's so badly abused and indoctrinated by these people that somehow they very easily kidnap her. It did not seem like she put up a fight on that one. No, they were basically like, let us in. Okay, come with us. Okay. Okay. All we know is she's been kidnapped and someone saw her in the car driving away and then she apologizes to nancy (laughs) for having been kidnapped If Bess wasn't the one who usually apologized for her existence, it would be Carol. In the original, it was three whole days before they read the will. In this one, it was still two whole days. And in that time, it isn't revealed yet, Carol isn't supposed to still be living with Mr. and Mrs. Jemmet. So she's going on and on about how worried she is she's going to end up with these guys without her uncle to protect her. Well, she doesn't know he's her uncle, but without Asa to protect her and how scared she is about that. And I can just imagine Nancy being like, that is scary, but the law's the law. She just keeps leaving her there alone. Legally, Carol, they have a right to your body and agency. Carson Drew makes the point that they will no longer be employed here and that the house isn't theirs and that they need to move out. He has nothing to say about them taking Carol with them. Take your stuff, your clothes, your belongings, your, your daughter, I guess. Bye! And Nancy could have gone and stayed with Carol for a few days, but she doesn't. I don't imagine that they have a housekeeper hope carol is the housekeeper carl but is she a good one no her foster parents are like we're your foster parents and you'll do as we say don't take any more orders from nancy and carson drew right now get to work she's depressed she's mourning this relative who she loved and she's very anxious about her future but she gets money so you know all's well yeah but there's a few tense days there before she gets all no, the that's money trauma yeah I mean. <laughs> now that she has money she can have the most thrilling day of her life just like nancy drew did it was the most eventful i think thrilling was implied 
obviously an eventful day is thrilling. She doesn't like it when nothing happens. Ever since she was a little girl. Thrilling is like the top adjective in Nancy Drew novels. Yeah. They go shopping. Nancy says, listen, I'll buy everything for you and you can pay me back. Whether it's watching Nancy get the special Topham sister discount or watching Bess get majorly ripped off by perfume saleswomen. One of the greatest pleasures of the Nancy Drew series is watching Nancy shop. Just like Nancy came home one day after meeting (laughs) a small Midwestern farm girl and said to her father, I don't think any day has been filled with so many events as this day was for me. And her father immediately said, oh, what's the bill just like that she got to go on a makeover slash shopping trip slash reunion with estranged friends yeah in an elevator slash tea room to be clear elevator and tea room yes. not an elevator that served as a tea room though i want one of those i would love one at my local mall yeah as you've said nancy was very generous to allow carol to repay her use her credit cards and then pay her and in the meantime <laughs> use her daddy's credit cards to be clear he's getting all those points yeah she dusted off the old charging plates yeah and brought them into the mall i was very disappointed to see carol's clothes rumpled and dirtied later when she was kidnapped i was like no her new stuff well you know mr and mrs Jemmet have no respect for nice things true they just hide them in boxes with snakes that's funny that's true yeah (laughs) Yeah. if you'll put your silver next to a snake you'll probably put your daughter in dirty clothing I think that's pretty much all the books. But we have some bonus material. We've got a lightning round of things that happened that have happened before. So here are the bonus squares of our Nancy Drew bingo that Walter <laughs> Carrick has put us on. Let's see them on the board. Storm of the book. The first thing is a storm, which has lightning. Nancy starts driving and there's going to be a storm. Carl's favorite. I loved it. We got that out of the way. Page one. It's like a hurricane. It's exaggerated as usual. Winds that are 100 miles an hour. Don't get into a car with Nancy Drew if you like weather that's good. But Bess says, no mystery is worth our taking this chance. Silly Bess. Another one of our favorite friends is back. The The log. The tree across the road. I don't know who's planting the trees. What municipal county guy goes around Mm. planting trees near roads, but they need to take root better. Every storm, it seems, a tree will fall right in front of your car. And you might not even be twins. (laughs) This is a giant element that the girls have to get out of their car quite a distance to the inn. Yeah. In 100 mile an hour winds. I mean, it takes them, what, five, six minutes to redo their hair in the bathroom? It's kind of... It's like when you try to swim across a lake that your motorboat couldn't get across. Right. If your car can't get to the hotel, <laughs> can you? And the answer is, yeah, sure, it's fine. Yeah, but you might not look as hot by the time you get there. <laughs> Poor Bess. In the original... That's why they never mentioned how good she looked. She never did. <laughs> In the original, it was a minor difference, but her car had actually broken down. There was something wrong with the engine. There was also a, a tree, I believe. You know car. Just adding another bonus. I'm just saying they took out of one of Walter's bonuses. Yeah, but they have the car, the tire slashed. Yeah, so they made up for that eventually. Still, you know, disrespectful, honestly. To take out the car trouble? Yeah, it's a Nancy Drew staple. We ever see the tires getting fixed or her car getting fixed in this one? No, and my favorite thing about the tires being slashed is that she immediately says, maybe they got away, or maybe they slashed our tires so we would think that they got away yes 
and figures out they went to the other property on the land. But if you want to trick someone mm-hmm. into thinking you left, don't you, like, want them to get in the car and follow you? Yeah. Like, if they hadn't slashed those tires, wouldn't they have just gotten in the car and tried to follow them and taken a while before they realized? I thought you were going to say your favorite part is that she made note of, oh darn, I only carry one spare tire. If only my tire was twins. <laughs> yes. But in the original, she does fix her engine on her own. No. Yeah. That's some Shadow Ranch stuff. Yeah. We get a phone threat. The jarbled stop looking into this Nancy threat, which is always what happens. Didn't work. Who was that, by the way? Did we find out? We don't. There was no real reveal in this one. We kind of just knew the whole time. These are the ants. They're taking the picnic. How do we catch them? <laughs> I imagine that whoever called her was the same person watching her on the beach. Yeah. Uh, long ago. Just sometimes there's just someone watching and he, threatening Nancy. He saw them at the pool when she was on that date with Ned. Yeah. When they were swimming in the middle of a day of mystery solving. Did he say they were going to rent swimwear? Yes, they did, did. Is that something that happens? <laughs> yes, apparently. Did he rent trunks? I guess so. Oh boy. One of the things he loved about going on a date with Nancy is you never knew what was going to happen. There might be a crazy mystery involved. Which is ironic because you do know what's going to happen. There will, there be, will be a, a crazy <laughs> mystery involved. There's also the dropped phone call. That's Much great. like the Laura Pendleton dropped phone calls. Hannah just knows right how to build up to a situation. Asa Sydney, why that's trouble, Nancy. You should click. Watch out because you'll die if you don't click. But they didn't even try to make it a cliffhanger. It's just like in the middle there. It, yeah. It, and it, Nancy it, doesn't care. She's it was, just like, doot, 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 doot. yeah, it was very much just like, boy, you're sure in for a something's going to happen. Now you're in trouble. Now, now you're done. Now you're done. He stepped in family feud this time. Show me mystery. The phone lines are also cut. Cord to the phone is what's cut. At least at Redgate Farm, they cut, I imagine, phone lines uh, yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Cutting off the whole place. But and here, Shadow Ranch. Yeah. And Shadow Ranch. Here it was just, oh, there's one phone? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll cut that one cord. Which they called vandalism, I think. Yeah. Saved us the trouble of having to watch Nancy go find out how this had happened. Yeah. Nancy hid in a closet again. Another R. Kelly trapped <laughs> in that closet. It's a wardrobe. In a farmhouse. And they found stuff under the floorboards that proves that Frank Jemmett stole it. Again, why they didn't at that point call the cops and get him arrested. Superfluous hiding. I don't know. But I do love that when Jemmett attacked the banker, they jumped out to help. Nancy just grabbed him by his collar and yanked him. There was some violence in this book. Nancy was more her original fire cat self. She even gets compared to a tigress when she fights with the guy who chloroforms her. They keep mentioning her brass knuckles. Is that not in your version? Oh, they no. kept every time, the, every few pages, my like, plus she had brass knuckles They must knuckles have added on. that in the 80s. Yeah, that's right. Everyone was all about brass knuckles in the 80s. What I love about the hiding in the closet scene is, first of all, she doesn't get locked in there for once. Mm-mm. But she sits there watching Raymond Green and thinking, I don't know, is he bad after all? (laughs) Instead of like, oh, maybe he's here to like do the same thing I'm doing. And then she feels so guilty when she finds out that he was a good guy all along. Still weird though that Carson Drew just calls up some friend (laughs) and says, go check on Nancy. And while you're there, look under some floorboards. No, not in the main house. Check that farmhouse. (laughs) Just go in there and pull some stuff up. Yes. (laughs) And he's like, I will. And I will pull exactly the right one up. 
Another big bingo board hit. Nancy does drugs. <laughs> specifically chloroform. Yeah, Nancy gets chloroformed. She fights it. She tries not to breathe. She fights like a tigress. There's nothing for it. Mm-mm. But these guys don't tie her up. They just put her under a bed. Well, it's one guy. And it's just some guy at the Jemmets met. And we're like... Hey, we could you help us out? And he must have been friends with the gal from the previous novel because this guy put <laughs> her under a bed. Yeah, there's a, g- a whole gang of people who think that under a bed is the best place to hide a detective. Well, the crib thing was somehow creepier. And it sort of worked because Ned didn't see her when he came back. He didn't. He had the whole county looking for her. And I love that her first thoughts upon waking up were, hey, this is why they must not have seen me. I'm under a bed. Some <laughs> dude was paid i guess we'll assume 25 dollars to go chloroform nancy and kidnap her but upon like her boyfriend being there or the guard being there it's unclear but he panics mm-hmm. and i just imagine this guard like running around holding an unconscious nancy at like arm's length uh-huh. like, oh, oh. like he's got like a burning trash can or something he doesn't know what to do with until he finally sees a bed and he just like throws her down and uses a broom to stuff her under <laughs> like, it's just the weirdest thing to even do the guard is also knocked out. I think a yep. few guards get knocked out. I think it's the same guard who just constantly is being attacked. There's the one guard who's by the second house. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, he's just eating donuts and watching Fraser. Mm-hmm. He's fine. And then the guard at the main house has five different attacks on his life. I don't think it's fair. It's normalized for somebody to be addicted to donuts and somebody else can be addicted to their life being threatened and we don't see that the same way. Right. You're saying that the guard at the house and the other guard very much they're they're both in danger in different ways. Yeah. One from chloroform and the other through lethargy. Yes. Fair enough. Okay, let's see. The guard gets knocked out a number of times. Originally there wasn't a guy hired. It was just Frank Jemmet. He did it all. I feel like they just in the revisions kept doing this. We're like one bad guy couldn't do all all that let's add more bad guys and then we have to reveal all the bad guys the bad guys and the menagerie of friends who did bits and pieces for them because when they catch that guy he's like oh okay i'll tell you things go find this cottage at the river which yeah both the cottage and the guy were unnecessary superfluous spaces with superfluous villains speaking of superfluous yeah the real saviors in this book i think you'll agree are the men the men yeah Yeah. as always Nancy, come on. The free space in Nancy Drew Bingo. Nancy, foolish girl, climbs um, up a ladder in the final scene. But they just made it sound so precarious. They did. She stopped having good balance after a f- certain step, <laughs> like, but she just man, kept she's going. Like, ah. Also, she was exploring the grounds with her father and Raymond Green, mm-hmm. and then she was just like, oh, I know they went on ahead, but I'll just climb this ladder. To check in a room that she knows how to get to on stairs. Heck, if she wants to go real danger junkie, she can use the hidden staircase it's broken down anyway there's a ladder right there nancy <laughs> drew is very impulsive walter's adhd nancy drew climbed up that ladder she was about to do something mm-hmm. then carol that silly girl yells really loud what is the thing she was planning she sees carol about to be whipped across her back by these two progressively eviler foster parents she was probably gonna yell stop and she... look at them with her blue eyes <laughs> she whispers carol 
and knocks on the desk. I think she's just trying to get her attention. Well, I'm she not did. Sure. Mr. Jemmet pushes the ladder over. <laughs> he tries to push. And he, Nancy's he... trying to hold on for dear life, not successfully in the end. She doesn't grab onto the house. She grabs onto his forearms, saying, I am Nancy Drew. I am now on stilts. Uh, if I die, you die too. Which Behind isn't him. the case in the end. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Nancy died. Yeah, yeah. Well, spoilers. <laughs> Last book, Ned died in an unfortunate football injury. Oh, that did happen. In this book, Nancy dies. A ladder injury. Very common. She'll be fine in the next book. No, luckily, Carson Drew caught his daughter as yeah. she fell to her otherwise certain death. Wait, does she actually fall? Yeah. Oh he my catches God. her. In the original, it was Raymond, but I guess they decided the father had to rescue her. That's you more proper. You can't have some other guy touching his daughter. Mr. Drew and Ned are the ones who saved the day. Right. Except for that one time that it was Don Cameron. He didn't work out. <laughs> Carl saved the day once. With the whole FBI. With the SWAT team. And by knowing Carson. Carl was too blonde to hang out with Carson. Carson wouldn't have found him suitable. Carson thanks Carol for screaming because otherwise he wouldn't have caught his daughter. <laughs> no, it's good you screamed. Otherwise I wouldn't have been able to save someone else. Yes. <laughs> Earlier in the book, Ned had saved the day by being tall enough to be confused with a police officer. <laughs> yes. He had football practice, so he left the book. Who knocked out Jemmet? <laughs> Do we find out? No. Nancy finds Frank Jemmet knocked out. Yeah. He thinks she did it. She says, I didn't do it. You can't be here. He sees Ned, thinking it's a plainclothes police officer for, you know, no reason. I guess Ned smells like bacon. Mm. He's just like, adios, deuces. They never find anyone else. Later, the guy who was hired to kidnap Nancy is found unconscious under a ladder. But that was a fake unconscious. I assume... Did he really fall, or was he just hoping someone would come check on him? There's only so many times Frank can fake unconscious mm. before people are like, Frank, we know what you're doing. I'm gonna chalk up any problems, any place called the sign of the twisted candle. It's haunted. Don't pretend it's not haunted. Did we deal with the ghosts? No. But anything that doesn't make sense... That's probably who told the guard to leave the first time. <laughs> Ghost passing notes? <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Nancy also tells Carol that her and Ned have been dating for some time. Yeah, sometimes they'll say her favorite date. Sometimes they'll say a boy she enjoys dating. It's almost as if the writers of the Nancy Drew novels want her to date around. But Nancy's like, no, I'm dating Ned. But when the narrator says it, he's like, eh, eh, Ned's no one. He, you know what? He kind of liked her. <laughs> Nancy's like, no, narrator, I'm dating Ned. Would you stop this? <laughs> oh, there was another handsome boy. Narrator, stop it. I do think there are going to be more boyfriends of the book, mm -hmm. though. Because Ned, Not Ned has too much, too much football to worry well, about. He's a big shot out there now. Emerson. Yeah. His toe is very counted on. <laughs> this little piggy. Because <laughs> he's a cop. I know I like that. I got the connection. <laughs> we would be remiss not to tell you about at least some of the delicious food in this novel. Canned chocolate milk? Potted ham? Nancy is literally going through an emptied kitchen that's been moved out of and saying, what can we eat here? And it's a potted ham sandwich. It's probably expired, we can assume. It feels like she fed it to Carol, but I don't know that she ate it herself. <laughs> but we do have a meal of the book. This is the meal she pays for everybody to have. What does everybody get to eat? Jellied consomme. Jellied consomme. Sliced breast of chicken. Fine. Sliced <laughs> breast of chicken. Hearts of lettuce. Hearts of lettuce. With Roquefort dressing. Big squeeze of Roquefort dressing. Nut bread. 
Nut bread. Ice cream. I- ice cream. Chocolate layer cake. Chocolate layer cake. And fruit punch. And fruit punch. It's like the fanciest meal, but yeah, it's very intentionally like the longest way you could say any of these ingredients. Yeah, yeah. She has this whole order for the waiter. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here thinking, this is just what she felt like eating? Yeah. And then they're like, that was what the other tray had had. Instead of just being like, yeah, bring me more of this. She's like, I'm going to list it all. <laughs> While we're talking about food, butterfly cake. Butterfly pie. That's the other. Butterfly pie. You have this That's the dessert of the book. Okay. For once, the chocolate cake takes back burner. Seat. Seat. Lower it's, shelf it in the oven. It sits on the back. <laughs> Carol, one day, Nancy's like, why don't you come with me and explore an old mansion? And in a rare instance of somebody telling Nancy no, she's like, I've been traumatized in that building. Can I just stay here and do your chores? A delightful acknowledgement of the PTSD she's experienced. (laughs) And Nancy's like, sure. And she's like, I'm going to make you a dessert. And Nancy's like, what is it? And she's like, well, I'll tell you, but you won't know what it is. Seeing as the name of it has nothing to do with what it is. This was a Carol creation. Uh, That sounds right. There is such a thing as butterfly pie. That pie is a molasses-based pie. Yeah. Which, spoilers, this is not. So later, after waiting all day, wondering what this pie is. She can't even focus on her mysteries. She can't even focus on her roast beef dinner. (laughs) Out comes Carol with this beautiful pie. Mm. And they all gasp. And Nancy says, why, Carol? It's a work of art. Yeah. Into each portion of the lemon chiffon pie, Carol had stuck two large wafers, which she had fashioned into the shape of butterfly wings. Carol had decorated them in various patterns with vegetable coloring. And that is what a butterfly pie is. What kind of pie was it? Lemon chiffon. Lemon chiffon hope that she put Nilla wafers on. Or she did in fact make a fancy pie crust. Hope, have you ever had butterfly soup? It's tomato soup and I plop two Nilla wafers in there. Have you ever had a butterfly sandwich? Well, it's a club sandwich and I'm gonna pop two Nilla wafers on there. I like to imagine it like a fancy crust and she painted those wings. She drip drops some color on them. I she's would making Easter love eggs. to see you attempt this. I will. I am. Okay. I'm going to make us butterfly pie here in the gymnasium and I'm going to put it on Instagram. So keep track of our Instagram because sometime after this episode premieres, I'm going to put pictures of Carl Hauser's own butterfly pie. Can't promise it'll be lemon chiffon, but there will be Nilla wafers. I'm going to try to make a more accurate butterfly pie than Carl does. Whoa, guys, we got an Instagram food war. We forgot the chase where a truck is following her. Mr. Jemmet, full of anger, his face red with rage, follows her and she turns really fast at a crossroads and he goes off the road. Oh, that's right. Signature Nancy move. Oh, that's right. He thought she was going towards River Heights, but instead she turns to the right and he goes off the road. I've never been to Mayville myself. (laughs) It's all cottages and one bank. The next book is The Password to Larkspur Lane, the first Nancy Drew novel that had a film adaptation. Ooh. Nancy Drew Detective. Feud ended around her and she could think of nothing but her next thrill. <laughs> to all you Drewbies out there, I'm Carl. And I'm Hope. Go, Go Wildcats! Wildcats. We might need
need to have a special episode about this video game sometime. I have a we have a ho- there's a host of video games we can um oh I don't know put them on our Patreon. Remember to support us at our Patreon. <laughs> you can email us at riverheightsradio at google.com or find our Patreon River Heights Radio. We'd really appreciate it. Instagram at River Heights Radio, Twitter at River Heights FM, River Heights Radio on Facebook, and River Heights Radio on YouTube. Uh, and give us a review or five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you're listening. Yeah, if you listen this far, I mean, why not? We actually put a, a lot of hours 